When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Comes a Time with Oteil Burbridge and Mike Fenoya. If you're digging the podcast, do these guys a favor and review and subscribe. It means a lot. Be sure to follow the pod on social media, YouTube, and if you're joining for bonus episodes and exclusive content, go to patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod and get on the bus. And now, here's Mike and Oteil. What's up, Kinds of Time fans? It's Oteal again. Uh, I had the great pleasure to interview the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. Uh, you may know him as that or as the world's strongest man from WWE because he's also in the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, I did this one solo because at the time, uh, Mike was doing stuff for a special, which has been out now, and it's crossed 100,000 views. What's up? Oh, by the way. Um, so this one is a solo one, but this intro, it's going to take a while because Mark Henry is still currently the, the world's strongest man in, in one of these associations. No one has yet to surpass what he did. But... Uh, in his freshman year at Silsby High School, he was already able to squat 600 pounds, which was well over the school record. Uh- Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. 
Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Uh, as an 18-year-old high school senior, Henry was called the world's strongest teenager by the Los Angeles Times and made it into the headlines in early 1990 for winning the National High School Powerlifting Championships and setting teenage lifting world records in the squat at 832 pounds in total. 2,033 pounds. By the time he finished high school, he was a three-time Texas state champion with state and national records in all four powerlifting categories, squat, bench press, deadlift, and total. His first year in competitive weightlifting, he broke all three junior American records 12 times and became the United States' top super heavyweight. Then, and we're coming into the end here, in 1992, right after that, he was the champion at the Open American, 93 through 97, held all three records in the Senior National Championship, 93 and 94, he was the champion at the U.S. Olympic Festival, 95 Pan American Games, he won gold, silver, and bronze medals, 95 Powerlifting National Champion, where he did the first ever 900-pound deadlift. And as I've referenced before, he cur- currently he still holds the WDFPE, which is the World Drug-Free uh, Powerlifting Federation. Uh, world records in squat, deadlift, and total. Nobody's broken them since. And he's still the only human, or I guess it says here the first human, the first Arnold's strongman competition, which was Arnold Schwarzenegger, to ever do multiple reps of Apollon's wheels. You should go check out that uh, video on YouTube. It's pretty fascinating because the crowd is like, you know, it's just all these, just one first after another. This guy is a mutant. He's one of the X-Men. He is the Incredible Hulk. He's, (laughs) and he could dunk a basketball in high school, like way over 300 pounds and just like, you know, he's a freak and a really special human and really intelligent, really thoughtful. Kind of reminds me a little bit of that John Amos thing where it's like somebody you definitely do not want to mess with, but he's a gentle soul and spirit and kind. And uh, I was just so thrilled to get to talk to him. I should shout out, he's also in AEW right now and not WWE. And uh, he is uh, just amazing. What a fun time we had talking to him. I know that took a long time, but I'm just setting you up for who you're looking at. Comes the time. Come check us out on all the platforms. Uh, get all the extra goodies at patreon.com slash comes the time pod. 
You can find us on YouTube, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Like, share, subscribe. We love you. You know, between me and you, Mark, just thank you. Because I've had so many great moments with my kids in pro wrestling that I never could have predicted. Man, it's such great entertainment. Like, just to be able to uh, teach kids good and evil and uh, psychology, like why things happen. And you're going to run into good people. You're going to run into bad people and and how how to negotiate which is which. (laughs) <laughs> you know, sometimes there's a, a, a little bump in the road, you know, somebody that you might love, they might turn their back on somebody and you just go through all these different ranges of emotion that, um, that you, you just, you have to either understand it and really truly like to be entertained. Cause there's a lot of people that, um, if, if that don't even watch movies, I know people that don't yeah. read. I was like, did you ever read this book? No, nah, <laughs> I'm not big on that. You know, like, but like watching wrestling is reading a book, but audio and interactive. So it's, it's pretty easy, especially little kids. They understand it really quick. Yeah. My wife was, she saw me get into it and she was like, what's going on? Like, I don't get it, you know? But when she saw me and my kids watch it together, then she started to get it. And actually me and my daughter just went, there's a local wrestling promotion here, which I didn't realize uh, in Boca Raton, Florida, called Boca Raton Championship Wrestling. So I went there uh, just last Sunday with my daughter and Jimmy Hart, the mouth of the South was right there when we walked in. (laughs) And Brutus Beefcake is the commissioner. Uh, so we have fun on that, too, like going to the little, it's just down in Meisner Park. It's a smaller promotion, but it's great. She just is wide-eyed. So uh, Man, thank you for I'm that. I'm glad y'all have that. I'm glad you have it. Oh, it's great memories. All right. I, as I said in the intro, or will say, your list of accomplishments is would take – 10 minutes at least to go through all of it. But let's start back in the beginning. You're from Silsby, Texas. Little that, small sounds like a, town. that sounds small. It is like right now there's about 3,300 people. And wow. I was under the impression that there were 3,000 people when I was going to school there. But I was told that wasn't true, that it was more like 2,500. Uh, people just said 3,000. <laughs> it was even smaller. Uh, did you do you have like because I read this by 10, you were five five and weighed 220. Yeah. Are the men in your family like big on one side or the other? No, on all sides of the equation. <laughs> like um the funny thing is I have um the Adams side of my family has three people won Super Bowls. And on the Henry side of my family, (laughs) um, you you have um, uh, Keevan Henry won one with Pittsburgh. um, And, of course, um, 
uh, Derrick Henry and um, 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 Chris Henry. Neither one of them won Super Bowls, but they played high-level NFL football. And uh, we have my my wife's father was the alternate for the 54 Olympic team uh, in boxing. And I was an Olympian. And so, like, on all sides of uh, the family, you know, we have greatness in sport. And, I mean, there's, like, Michael Strahan is uh, a relative, is a cousin. So, like, we have more Super Bowls in our family than the Manning's. <laughs> That's amazing. And what about this dude I heard about, Uncle Chud? Or Uncle, yeah. what's his? <laughs> that was my grandmother's favorite cousin. Uh, she used to talk about him all the time, like all Bunyan stories. And he never wore a pair of shoes. Um, I don't know how big his feet were, but they they didn't make shoes that big. So he, <laughs> moccas- he wore moccasins and um, thread through lace, uh, leathers, uh, like socks. And um, wow. he was apparently six seven, uh, somewhere up around four fifty, and was very nimble from from what she said. Um, the he was a he, he did haul pulp wood, and they would chop trees down. But then a lot of sometimes they couldn't get wagons and and horses in there, and he would put clamps and chains on these logs and pull the logs out of the woods by himself. And, you know, just like all of these, these, these historic tales of people that happened post-slavery in my family would make for a a very interesting story. I'm not the only one. Like my, my, my older brother was uh, uh, first team, all Southwest conference football player, all American. Uh, played at Texas A&M on the wrecking crew defense. He was the nose tackle uh, and two technique that played on that team. And you have all these guys, Quinn Corriott, Aaron Wallace, uh, Minifield, uh, Kevin Smith that played long careers in the NFL. And them guys will tell you Pat was the toughest, meanest dude they ever met. And um, wow. I, they, I've run into them, and they're like, man, I don't know how you lived in that house. Your brother. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the one that you said was like the real live Debo? He was Debo, man. <laughs> I'm being serious. Like when he came around, people started get acting different because he liked the fight. You know how that? Like he would have been a great MMA fighter because he liked. Yeah. He, he, I mean, he would be like. You want you want slap box, and they're like, no, nobody wants slap box with you because <laughs> you're gonna get mad, and then it's gonna be a real fight. <laughs> yeah, he was crazy. But see, this brings me to the thing that, like, I'm the peace and love guy. Me Let's too. Music, right? But then people are like, wait a minute, you're in the MMA, and I, my mom is the one that got me into it, but she worked. Uh, labor and delivery and emergency room. So she had a high tolerance for blood and everything. But the thing that fascinated me about it, I was like, why? I believe 
because I'm a spiritual person, I believe some people are made to do something like it's obvious I'm made to play music. You're they, David. They you, that's who you are. From You're David. In the Bible, David was a warrior from birth. From the they knew he when he was two to kill and fight. And David, as much as he loved the world, David did not go inside the church. He preached mm -hmm. from the outside, and he mm -hmm. was, he he said, "I'm better off with a sword outside the church defending it than being sitting comfortably inside it." And that's exactly how I feel. Mm. I'm, I'm, I would rather be outside mm. listening to the sermon through the wall, waiting on somebody to act up. <laughs> because you think about it, last year and the year before, both there were incidents where a shooter came in and shot up churches. Yep. Not my church. They see you stand out there. It's like, what's his name? But remember in Blazing Saddles, they said Mongo. They said, oh, don't shoot him. You'll just make him mad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, that's, <laughs> but that speaks to that thing, to what kept me interested in MMA. And then when I got past my, and I apologize forever for my ignorance, which is all that was, that I ever called wrestling fake because I didn't know the level of injuries that was going on. Um, but I include go to a wrestling school and, yeah. and just try it out. I tell anybody, yeah, oh, go try it. Go take one of those backdrops. One, like, and I know the guys. Like, I hang out with them. I had dinner with Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Brutus Beefcake, and watching them get up from the table, they had a harder time than my mom, who's in assisted living down here at eighty-seven. And I was like, oh, man, Othiel, you had not. I mean, and then, of course, Kurt Angle broke his neck five times. Mick Foley's ear got ripped off. I mean, you know, that the you can't fake gravity like JR said, right? No. Once you're above head and I throw you, gravity is going to take a hold. And you're going to go straight back to the earth. Yes. And you have to absorb that punishment. And not even the hits or the falls absorbing other people's energy mm. is, is, I mean, just, it, it, it's mm. like a car wreck every day. Like you, every day yeah. is like you went, you got a car wreck. Somebody come off the ropes and they run into you. My, the reason my back is messed up now is because I caught people. And <laughs> when I say I caught people, um, there was a guy named Mark Jindrak. Mark Jindrak was 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, like 275 pounds. And he jumped off the top rope, and I caught him in the ring and didn't take a step. And I caught Brock Lesnar. I've caught <laughs> guys that were, you know, 280 pounds on a regular yeah, like that was that was a part of being the strongest man in the world. You you Google Mark Henry picking up the Big Show. Yeah, like I see. Paul that. White was four hundred and seventy five pounds, and I picked him up, and I walked with him about ten feet, and I picked him up over my head and slammed him through a table. <laughs> now you go and look at that and say, "Oh, that's fake." Yeah, exactly.
those injury and that that brings me back to like my fascination with um why people do it 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 convinces me of a creator because you wouldn't do that unless you a were born with the even bill to take it because some people can't take that kind of punishment no. physically but also then just the way you're wired like i think about mma fighters going oh honey i'm going to work and then they go get kicked in the head and come back with a black eye and a broken nose honey i'm home you know she puts dinner on and he's sitting in there <laughs> i'm like who does that unless they have to and a lot of careers like music which is also why i think the interviews got me into wrestling because there's so much uh similarities between the life on the road the temptations of the road and the double life the drugs the whatever like you have to be able to survive all that too yeah you know like you when you're an extremist you take everything to the end and you know i found that with musicians i find it with artists i find it with actors professional wrestlers football players basketball golf marvel silly wings Anybody that wants to do something and be the best in the world at it, that's a level of commitment. Just saying that. I want to yeah. be number one. <laughs> How crazy. It's crazy. It's, crazy. it's a, The thought is crazy. Because <laughs> you know what you got to put yourself through and you know what you got to sacrifice. Uh, Kingfish, uh, you, the, the blues singer, Christian Kingfish. Yeah, yeah. He's excellent. Yeah, he won Grammy last year. We were hanging out, and he was playing. And I was like, man, you don't get tired? He said, man, if I don't play, I think. Mm. <laughs> if I don't play, I think. So when he's playing, he's running off instinct. And I, I tell my wife that all the time. I play video games. Because I'm, I'm a gamer. I play the game so I don't think about the world. Mm. Yeah. Because I don't even play the game. I do franchise. I do all the math and uh, um, the structure and the contracts and realizing, oh, this guy's going to be too expensive next year. I got to move him. I got to get mm. something for him. So, you know what? I better, you know, try to keep him safe and limit his minutes and yada, yada, yada. Like, that's what real general managers do yeah. because I talk to them. And it's an escape. Some of the guys, they're not working, man. They're having fun. Yeah. Yeah. They're having ball. And, and, and Brock Lesnar and Sheldon Benjamin and uh, Kurt Angles and all these guys that were high, high-level um, wrestlers, yeah. like, man, I used to try them. I'm like, come on, let me see what it feel like. I don't, I don't believe that karate can work with me. Come on, let's go. Like, you can't be all there when you do that. And no. Brock killed me one time, man. Brock hyped <laughs> my knee. Like, he shot, he, he low-level shot to my right, my left knee from, like, five, six feet away. And I, I I just knew that he couldn't get to me. But yeah, he still dead. was able to get to me from that distance, and I couldn't believe it. Kurt, I could not hold him. The strongest human walking the planet. Yeah. Yeah. 
technique. <laughs> when when he when he pull his hips off the ground and turns in the air, all you gonna find is air. He's gonna be standing in front of you with that look on his face. And yeah. and Shelton was another one. Like Shelton, I never seen Brock B show. Hmm. Never. Wow. Shelton taught Brock. He was his coach uh, at Minnesota. Ah, uh, I didn't know that. So you always learn something more. I didn't know that. And I, for whatever reason, I ended up on all fours. <laughs> I'm 400 pounds at the time. Shelton was 230, 240. I could not get up. He would Damn. chop your arms in the crease of your arms and push your head down. And I finally quit because I was getting a cramp on <laughs> my neck. He said, man, you got a bridge. You got to do your neck to get your neck strong. And I was like, shit, I thought my neck was strong. Until you do something that's an yeah. a, a isolated training philosophy on whatever that body part is, you don't know what those people know, and they can take advantage of your weakness. So, like, fighting is like playing chess. If you want to survive, don't go to the ground. If you want to survive mm -hmm. and somebody can really throw hands like Mike Tyson, you got to take him to the ground. Yeah. You know, like somebody, <laughs> man, like it, it's a, it's a really, really dangerous thing that requires a lot of training and a lot of exposure. And so is wrestling wrestling. There's different styles. There's luchadors guys yeah. that flip and fly. Then you have the grapplers like guys like you. And then you have the big guys like six, six, 300 pounds that try to mash you, you know, and, and then you throw in the dynamic of, okay, these guys got to do this for 20 minutes or more sometimes. And it, you have to make people feel in wrestling. It's yeah. not just physical. You know, you can see a fight and the only time that you say something is when they're in a choke or they're getting knocked out or choked out. In wrestling, man, it's the struggle. Yeah. It's the story. It's the emotion of it. How do I make you feel? And if you watch AEW, you watch MJF and Brian yeah. Daniels. Yeah. Two of the greatest examples of storytelling, meeting, action. Yeah. MJF make you just want to slap him, man. <laughs> it's good. Like, he, he just, bro... You know, you I can watch him with the sound down when, <laughs> when you when you can get somebody and the sound is down. That's something, man. Yeah, he I mean, he, he does that to you. And, and Brian Danielson, the same thing. Um, and, and, and Brian makes you feel pain more than anybody that I watch wrestling today. And I mean, the way he kicks you, the way that he uh, puts people in holes. It's great technique is one of the reasons why, you know, there's wrestling all around the world. And sometimes people, um, if if a trained MMA fighter sees through it, they're like, oh, shit, he don't know what he's doing. But Brian, bro, he know yeah. what he, he trains, he fights. 
and and he wrestles too so it's um it's, it's pretty cool to see the artistry in pro wrestling we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back with more it comes the time And that's one of the things that kept me coming back to is to see that, you know, there's like high level people in other areas, like in AEW, you have a, a doctor, Dr. Britt Baker. I mean, you know, you have, or you have a Kurt Angle or you were Olympians and, you know, have set all these records and, um, or football players, whatever, you know, wherever they come from. And I was like, okay, so I had to get past the whole that the ending was scripted. And then when I saw interviews also with MMA fighters that I knew, you know, that were like, yeah, the, I think the wrestling's worse on my body injury-wise. I was like, you, man, you know. It twice? Huh? Have you ever watched a movie twice? Watched a movie twice? Or yeah. A, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know the ending already. Yeah, exactly. But you still just... watch the movie because um, you enjoyed it. Uh, it made you feel a certain way, and you you realize, wow, this is this is something that I dig. That's wrestling, yeah. man. I go, I, I can know what the ending is, but I still got to see how they get there. Yeah. I got to see it. And I like looking at li listening to the story. Uh, I don't have to see it. Blind people, you know, there's a lot of blind people that watch wrestling. I, you know, and after giving my uh, daughter her ear things, because it's loud. I was like, wow, you really can. You can yeah. get all of it without looking. <laughs> yeah. And, and I stand, I've had hundreds of wrestlers go, Hey Mark, did you watch my match? And I go, no, nah, I didn't. I, I didn't watch it, but I, I could hear, I could hear what it. was the reaction. I, I and uh, at some point, whenever y'all went into a hold, it got quiet, and I didn't feel like y'all worked and worked out of that good enough. Like and yeah. people, go, damn, you right. And, and so it's like you you got to be able to really understand it to get to that level. But I, I was talking yeah. to Jim Roberts uh, probably about a month ago, and he came on our show, Busted Open, and he was saying exactly the same thing. He's like, "Man, I I, I can hear the matches. I don't I don't have to I don't have to watch them no more." And I'm like, "Damn, Superman!" Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the thing that gets me caught up too is because interviews are where my entree into the wrestling world. Um, is the stories of the athletes themselves and seeing where they come from. And, you know, I've, I'll be watching some documentary, like I was watching one on Beth Phoenix and her whole glamazon. And in high school, she wanted to wrestle on the boys team and they, you know, it wasn't there. And she ended up doing it and winning. And, and so I'm crying and my wife walks in and she's like, you're crying at a wrestling documentary. I was like, man, these stories, it's just like musicians, when you know what a person went through, to get from where they started and whatever impossibility they were up against and they made it through and combined with all these people like you who have excelled incredibly in stuff that we consider legit, 
But I was that am I wrong? But I thought I saw you said that your WWE Hall of Fame thing is the thing you're most proud of in your life. Yeah, it is. And and man, I cried last week. There's <laughs> Me <too. laughs> a documentary that just came out called Superfan. On oh, I, saw that. I saw that. I got Peacock and just for a documentary. The dude started talking about his mother dying. Oh man. You, you start it. to you 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 become friends with these people. I've known this guy for years. Hated oh. him. <laughs> Hated him. And then here I was crying watching the documentary about him. And you learned the story. That's wrestling. That's just yeah. what it does to you. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> and that's why I'm I'm I kind of wanna a lot of my fans, there's not a lot of overlap between WWE or AEW or professional wrestling and the Grateful Dead, but it it is there, you know. But I want to do kind of for our fans that might not be into that world, kind of like a bright side of the ring as opposed to the dark side of the ring, right. you know. Well, the busted open, huh? All you got to do is listen to Busted Open every I day. I do. Oh, I follow you guys. And uh, I'm going to encourage our fans, please go to Busted Open on SiriusXM. There's, I've been with the Allman Brothers Band and the last version of The Grateful Dead. I've heard all the stories. Dude, the wrestling stories are even more far out than the rock and roll stories. I'm sorry. Haku or like, you know, just Bro. what... <laughs> gonna blow your mind i'm gonna blow your mind i'm at xm studios in new york i'm walking out of the pantry of course uh i'm coming from where they got the snacks and drinks and i walk in the hallway and it's gene simmons and he goes oh man mark henry what's going on man he was like man i saw you at the uh wrestlemania uh, uh a couple years ago and I remember when he came to the WrestleMania in Los Angeles. That's awesome. And I was like, you know, just talking to him like, you know, a normal person. And I remember getting to the studio and I told Dave LeGrec, I was like, wow, man, I just ran into Gene Simmons in the hallway. And uh, he was talking about WrestleMania a couple years ago. And he remembered meeting me. And Dave said, what? Are you serious? And I was like, yeah, he he walked up and said something to me, and Dave lost his shit, man. <laughs> like Dave is really good friends with um, oh my god, what's the name that bit the bat head off? Uh, Alice oh, Cooper. Alice Cooper, yeah, who I seen yeah. in WWE before. <laughs> he loved, loved. loved wrestling. Uh, uh, Rick Rubin, like yep. you know, people in the music, like. Elite, elite people love wrestling. Man, I see Ice Cube and his son O'Shea when we're in Snoop, LA. dude. Snoop threw that people's elbow and what's his name couldn't do it. I was like, oh, what? that I would be afraid to do that. Like I'm 59, I wouldn't want to like. So Shane McMahon tore in his quad. Yeah, he couldn't do the. And Snoop went and did it for him on the fly. <laughs> Because of all the years of knowing what that looked like, he knew Shane hurt, and he went and did that. Bro, like, that's what wrestling fans, like, 
the the fans are a part of it. Like you help make it. And, Absolutely. And, you know, Snoop has been in the ring before. So I wasn't worried about him hurting himself or nothing. But I was like, man, I wish he'd have just jumped from the ring. I didn't know he was <laughs> going to the ropes. I'm like, Snoop, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, shoot. <laughs> but like that, that is um uh, pro wrestling is a is a beautiful thing, man. It's an art. My son, he want to do. He want to be a wrestler more than anything in the world, man. If he if he could not go to college, which is not an option, <laughs> I think he, he, he would go to wrestling school tomorrow. I hear you. <laughs> I love it. And I'm like, man, go and make a name for yourself. Be somebody before yeah. you go into wrestling, so you don't go mm. in at the floor because. Ah. In pro wrestling, if you somebody before, they yeah. can they can lean into that. Yeah, and you know, like it, it's not like MMA, man. MMA, you either got a good left hand or you know how to, you got great takedowns and you got to use them, use them well. Yeah, uh, you being a scholar or a musician on the side does not help you in that ring. Yeah, in wrestling, it's the complete opposite. If you can talk. If you can sing, if you can dance, if you can entertain another way, man, it makes you special. Well, look at Bianca Belair. I mean, <laughs> you know, and that's something that I want to talk about is mentorship because that's one of the brightest sides of the ring. I'd love seeing the when uh, wrestlers talk about what Dusty Rhodes did for them. Wow. And I And I wouldn't be into this at all if it wasn't for Bianca Belair, who my daughter adores. I got, you know, I got her right here. <laughs> and uh, and so that means if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be into wrestling because you're the one that found her. <laughs> right, so. Excuse me. Um, outstanding track athlete at Tennessee. Yes. And, you know, went into CrossFit because she was just strong. Uh, you you know, you don't find many sprinters that and hurdlers that can also power lift. And mm. she was able to do both. And I was like, wow, that's a lot of work, different skill sets. And then I saw her at uh, one of the rogue uh, national qualifiers, and she had on a tutu with a giant Mickey Mouse bow in And I was like, what the hell is he doing? And she was doing all the stuff, all of the events, and she just looked different. And she would look at the crowd and get the crowd fired up. I said, that's wrestling. Yeah. And I called her. And, um, uh, well, I sent her a message. And, and she called me. And, um, we talked for a minute and I didn't realize that she was 18. So I was like, uh -huh. Hey, um, won't you tell your dad to call me tomorrow? <laughs> it felt kind of weird. No, I hear you got a mentorship. Can't be, you got to do it right. Yeah. It's easier when you do it with guys. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it goes. she, her dad called me the next day and we spoke and I said, Hey man, your daughter got a gift, man. She's a she's a born entertainer. I like to fly y'all to Orlando, and um, that's what happened. And you, the rest is history. But um, 
she she's not the only one. You know, there's probably a half dozen uh, or more people that I've done that with, and pretty much everybody that I picked became a world champion. That's got to feel. I can't imagine how that feels. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, and there's <laughs> a lot of them that they don't have all the tools to be world champions. And I'm not a, a dream smasher or a, a, uh, I'm, I'm a realist. I'm, I'll tell yeah. some, hey, you ever thought about production? You ever thought about cameras? You ever thought about lighting techs? You ever thought about uh, being on the support staff? Like if, 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 if you're not going to make the commitment with your body or your body just can't hold up to the injury, so we have to. Samantha Johnson, that's the announcer for. Ah, she's great. Um, I saw her on American Idol, and reached out to her, and I said, "Look, you need to wrestle." And she got down there, and she said, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm probably walking to bubble gum at the same time. I don't know how I'm going to wrestle." I said, "There's other things like get down there and go through the basics, so you know what it is, and then they'll they'll find the stuff for you." She's the lead announcer for the company now. She's amazing. I was just watching her yesterday, uh, this morning, actually. I, I love her story. I saw an interview with her recently, too. So tell me a little bit about some of your mentors in wrestling. I thought I remembered seeing you talk about going up to the hearts in Canada. Yeah, I, I, um, I kind of got banished because at that time, uh, pro wrestling was different. Uh, with the territory days, people were cutthroat and stab you in the back. They always mm. say wrestling, uh, knives to the right. I mean, uh, forks to the right, knives in the back. <laughs> um, I kept getting in trouble, so they sent me to Calgary. And Bret Hart, you know, was the one that said, man, just send him to Canada. Send him up there with us so he can get some training because he don't know. Hmm. And, um, and it was Bret Hart, man. If it wasn't for Bret Hart, it probably, there wouldn't be a Mark Henry wrestling. Uh, wow. And then I got to meet his brother, Owen, and yeah. uh, his dad, Stu, who he asked me, have you ever been in a fight? And I said, no, nah, I ain't never been in a fight. I beat up some people before. And he was, oh, that's funny. Come down here to the dungeon. He stretched the shit out of me. <laughs> <I've heard laughs> Everybody about else, he beat us up, man, and told us how to fight. You know, like that's, um, I never knew that you had to learn how to fight. I thought it was just an instinctual thing, but like the training that you went through, I went through, I did the up down. I ran around the, the, that property, which was about two miles. Um, we learned how to do locks and holes, uh, from, you know, we studied judo Jean LaBelle book. We, we did mm -hmm. judo as well as hand-to-hand, um, -hand, uh, military hand-to-hand. -hand. Mm. Uh, like, so it was a lot of stuff that I went through that wrestlers don't go through, but Bret Hart went through it, Owen Hart went through it, and Owen was a, a, a really good wrestler. Like, yeah. you know, like a Canadian, like he could have went to the Olympics, mm. but pro wrestling was their business. Yeah. And, uh, people like uh, Bad News Allen, Bad News Brown, like 
incredible fighters, like Olympic level, uh, Santino Morella. People talk about Santino, how he's a comedian and he's fun. That dude was the the, um, uh, silver medalist in judo in Canada. Mm. Wow. Like, like, bro, like pro wrestling has got some, got some dogs in it. And it's just that the people found wrestling and wrestling found them. And that's what happened to me in Canada. I, I learned how to be a pro wrestler uh, from the Hart family. And when I came back, I was different. And uh, I also had tolerance. I had zero tolerance and would fight in a, in a minute. Yeah. Mainly because of my upbringing. You know, I have Debo that lived in my house. So, <laughs> you know, it was some of that rubs off. Yeah. But when I got to Canada, they were like, look, man, you can't fight everybody. Like, you know, this is the way you handle this in locker room. This is the way you handle people that are loud and rambunctious. He said, you get them by themselves when it's quiet and you tell them, hey, man, I don't too much like all of the fussing and fighting. But like the next time that me and you quiet and by ourselves, and nobody's around to pull me off you, uh, I'm going to give you the business. <laughs> and, 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 and then it comes down. Yeah. The antagonizing and the bullying. We we're in a world now where we allow bullying. Oh, it's we, awful. We, they they allow the law to protect you from getting your ass beat. And there's a lot of people that are bullying people, and they bully them at work. They work. They bully them at church. They bully yeah. them wherever they are. They bully, and they're allowed to because there's no checks and balances. Yeah. But if it was like it was in the seventies in the eighties, people would let be doing a lot less of all of this foolishness. Um, but I got my own, you know, sick, demented, um, uh, thoughts on, on how to fix everything. But, uh, this ain't- <laughs> me too. <laughs> so I, I feel well, it's, a, it's something I appreciate. And that's part of this whole like bright side of the ring angle that I want to hit, you know, we're very fortunate at a show we were playing to have John Amos come out. Oh, like the dad on good time. Yeah. So, and he's like into the grateful dead. <laughs> like he's a really big music head and he was just front row, like riding the rails, singing along. And I was just like, I felt like somebody gave me a hit of acid, you know, and he hung out with us till two thirty in the morning. And it was so great to talk to him because he is that guy that was on Good Times. And yeah. uh, interestingly enough, he lost that gig over his anger management because the beefs that he had with the writers, and he said this in interviews, where he was like, well, let's take it outside if you don't see things the right way. You know? And they were like, hey, we're these little writers, you know, comedy writers. So, but he was, it's so cool to like get to know him and see he is that guy he's that upright black man that's fair very intimidating but really gentle and will not take any stuff you know like yeah he i've 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 talked to him i've been on a show there's a a show called the green room a debate show with Mm. avi fine and uh, i'll send you the information uh, that he was on and he, he was a true thespian, like yes. he was very well trained, highly trained actor, 
And they wanted to do demeaning ghetto ridiculousness with him. And he was not for it. Mm-hmm. He was like, no, I'm not doing that. And there were other people that were on that show that were high level actors and actresses um, that, you know, you just, they felt like it was beneath them to do that. And um, I'm glad that he had pride because um, that is one of the things that I feel like we all need. Uh, You talk about mentorship, but you also want to be represented properly as a man. And today in today's world, uh, the being a black man and having respect for yourself and respect for the people around you and people won't see your color. They just will see the true man come out of you. And John Amos, he, man, he just exemplified that. And you give me that exact same feeling and God bless him for doing it because he knew he was like, I'm in a unique position. He was black America's dad long before Cosby was. Cosby was famous, more famous, but he wasn't in that sitcom like every night television dad role. And he knew that, look, if I'm in this spot, it has to be portrayed this way or else. And he said later, like Norman, I'm great with him. And he was a trailblazer and they ended up working together, but I had to learn to manage my anger, which is why I I thought about it because you know, we all have our anger stuff, you know, but you deal with it. Uh, you, you show us how to be the right kind of man. So and, and actually the, when I saw Stone Cold first talking about you, that's what he said. That's one of the things he said. He said, you know, sitting across from him doing an interview, he felt not your physical power, which is, I'm sure he felt that too, but your power as a human, your conviction, you know? So that's such a great thing to pass on when you're mentoring, you know? Yes, you sir. Feel- truly believe, and I'm truly, I, I, I mean, every ounce of what I'm going to say to you, I am willing to die for what I believe in to be right. And I, and I know that I'm not always right, yeah. but, I can be taught. And a lot of people, when they get to a certain status, they think they can't learn no more. Yeah. That's where I have a problem. Me too. Like, man, you got to be able to listen and 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 help people out. Like, you know, I'm, I'm at AEW and I'm around a lot of young people. And there are things that I know for a fact, but I let them finish. <laughs> go ahead finish it say what you're saying and then I'm going to hit you with this and see what you think about this and sometimes it's like well that'll work for somebody else that's bigger than me but for me that might not work for me and I go you know what you're right how about we come up with something new or let's do something that is more beneficial to you having success rather than you doing something you saw create it yeah you got to bring the, the 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 creativity out of people in the arts and a lot of times people think that they just have to do what they've always seen man you can carve your own path you just have to be able to really figure it out and put some thought into it 
are there some other people that you see doing it kind of like you, like what Dusty did? And there's, they call them Dusty's kids, you know, who are, who are some of the other people out there that are really, I see Booker T. I follow him yeah. on, uh, and he's definitely doing Booker that. T is an incredible coach and teacher. Um, Jay Lethal at AEW. I love him. He is a incredible teacher. You hear me? Uh, I love him, man. Al Snow uh, down at Ohio Valley is an incredible coach and teacher. Um, Gangrel. Uh, He's here. Yeah, down there in Florida is is, is amazing. Um, man, like there there's a there's a few Bully Ray. Bully Ray Bully has got a school in up in New Jersey. Nice. Uh, Man, like there, there's a bunch of people that they they provoke you to think, not just move your body. Devon, his uh, wrestling brother, uh, the Dudley Boys, they they both coach, That's and pretty. you just see the greatness, you know, based off of what they've done. Rakishi and oh, his, yeah. his school out in California. Um, I mean, there, there's a few, man. We, we'll be here all day. Yeah. Name- <laughs> of the, the schools that I, I feel like are uh, above board. Um, yes. You know, like you get up to Minnesota and Ken Anderson, like, you know, Mr. Kennedy, like he, great school, uh, teach the fundamentals. Like that's that's the thing I like is whenever we go to certain territories and we bring in extra talent and when the extra talent comes and they're already trained and you don't have to, uh, Bret Hart's, uh, his, his, the kids up in Canada. Dude, Canada, I'm sure it's got it going on. <laughs> it's still good. It's still good, Calgary. Like, so, man, the, the, the wrestling is going to be good. And, you yeah. know, Paige, her, her brother, uh, is teaching in London and, um, you know, we we've seen like drastic improvement in the the world of pro wrestling in the UK. Wow, uh, cool. the UK always had good wrestling, but it was not as entertaining. It was more really hardcore grappling and 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 um, um, more chain wrestling. Now in UK, man, wrestling is just as good over there as it is over here. Yeah, you guys smashed it over there. Oh, man. 80,000 people. Dude, I was hearing all the naysayers, just like with Nganu. I was like, you got to wait and see, man. You got to wait and see, because I know the talent that's up. And, oh, man, it had to feel good a little bit to be like, what you got to say now, right? Yeah, it, it is. And I know Tony Khan. When he got to him, got by himself, and he yeah. sat there, and there wasn't nobody around, I know he looked in the mirror and said, "Man, I did it, I did it." Yeah, I know he did because I would have. Like, if you, if, hey, man, you got to pat yourself on the back when you do good work. And yeah. you know what? Every, every chance I get, if it's somebody that I feel like they deserve it, I make sure that I give it to them. Like, good job. There's more valuable than money to me. It is. It really is. When you, when, especially when you have the naysayers, I mean, look, we're in the business of long shots. That's why I tell my wife and my kids, I'm like, this is all about long shot. The fact that we're even here, 
like people don't realize till they try to have a baby. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's not. And when it's not, you realize that incessant chain of things that has to go right for you to be born in any one little thing. So we're talking about long shots all the time. Trillions. Trillions to one on whether or not you're a living, breathing being. Healthy. Healthy, living, breathing being on this planet. Come on, man. Like, there's a God, bro. That's what I think. I'm like, I know we have a lot of, some people grow up, uh, like my podcast partner, who's he's not here right now because his special comes out tomorrow. So he's got to do a lot of things. I'm doing this one. So, but he grew up in a really horrible environment as far as religion is concerned, as my dad did and my mom. My mom never ditched God, but she ditched the Catholic Church. My dad ditched the whole thing, said it's all BS, blah, blah, blah. And then when I had a really, when I hit bottom, I just reached out to God. I was like, I don't know who's right about you and who's wrong, but I need help. And I literally heard a voice say, we're here for you. And I was like, what? And so I was so desperate. I just asked them questions and they told me to do some things and my life turned around. So then I was like, okay, I, you know, I still don't know who's right and who's wrong, but I know this whole thing isn't wrong. And what happened to me happened to me. And it also happened to my mom. It also happened to my two younger sisters at different times. So I just have to accept now we could call it whatever. I try to call it the creator because I don't want, you know, all these words have so much baggage. They offend people and we get hung up on semantics. Yeah. Semantics and like people choosing makes God trivial. Like yeah, you yes. can't say God is black, God is white. You cannot say God is Catholic, God is Jewish, God is Christian. Like God is God. Beyond everything. Above all things. You could call him Yahweh. You could call him Buddha, Jesus. God is God. All the prophets that he put on this planet, thank God for them. Literally. Yeah. I thank yeah. God every one of the prophets, everybody that wrote a book in the Bible for thousands and thousands of years, they protected all of these texts, but it was done by man. That's I can't, I can't rely on man. I got to believe in almighty God. And, um, that is every day I'm going to hang my hat on that. And he said, you have, you believe in Jesus and I believe in Jesus and Muhammad and uh, Buddha, you you name one of the elite prophets, and I will read what they wrote, and I will come to my own conclusion on what I feel like I should believe in. But it's going to be by my faith and by my conviction, yeah. not because uh, somebody told me to. Exactly. Just, that. That's it, how. It happened when you were alone. And, you know, the Bible always talks about going into a closet and praying and beneath the rock and you will find me. What's beneath the rock? Nothing. (laughs) Ain't no people under the rock. I ain't got to believe none of them people. You know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> I ain't, don't make me preach now. I, no, I, I mean, look, this is what my show is like. It masquerades as a music podcast. But no matter what I have, whether we have wrestlers on or we're talking music or we're talking visionary at all or comedians, it all gets back to the spiritual for me, because, you know, why does it matter? Yeah. Why do we do that? You can't science. It's not enough to just explain all that. I need to, my heart needs to know why, you know, and why these things that matter so much can't be measured by science. Love cannot be proven to exist. Your actual consciousness cannot be measured by saying we can't prove that your consciousness exists, but does it? I yeah, mean, we're t- you know, like. yeah, it's amazing, man. <laughs> so. Just, I'm on the same page with you, man. I, I can't wait to uh, get your information introduced to, to a few people. There's some people that I think that you should have on your show oh, as well. Please. There's a couple of shows I think you should go on. Um, Please. And uh, John is going to, um, um, you know, make sure that you get my information. Bless and, uh, you. I appreciate I, I, it. I can stay on, but I got to. No, I know you got to get out of here. But um, I really appreciated my time with you. Thank you, man. I appreciate it so much. And. When you uh, have a break sometime down the road, I'd love to get you back because I I got to ask you about Ron Simmons. <laughs> it's a few grown man, grown man. I got you too now. I don't want to. I got to represent. I got you too. Nation. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mark. What a honor and a pleasure. I really appreciate it, man. Bless you, brother. God bless you, man. You have a great day. You too. Bye bye. Pantheon Media presents Comes a Time featuring Mike Fenoya and Oteil Burbridge. Executive produced by Christian Swain and Peter Ferrioli. Produced and edited by Eric Limarenko and Stu Silverman. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Comes a Time with Mike Fenoya and Oteil Burbridge. Be sure to follow the pod on social media, YouTube, and if you're jonesing for bonus episodes and exclusive content, go to patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod and get on the bus. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Points.